Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. All right, with us, uh, Charu Sharma, the voice behind so many momentous cricketing moments, and not just cricket, the man behind so many sports that have uh, you know developed in India. We'll come to PKL in a bit, but before that, What's your view on Asia Cup team that has been selected for India? Well, there are a couple of people who are injured. I think Bumrah's absence is always going to hurt India because he is clearly a number one fast bowler. And even though we're in a situation for the past many years, almost 15, 20 years, where we seem to be churning out a lot of fast bowlers. But I mean, no disrespect. I think uh, the quality is a little more average than otherwise. Uh, There's a lot of choice, yes. But Mm -hmm. uh, Bumrah's absence will always be felt. Uh, I know Akshar is also injured, but we've got Ravindra Jadeja. May not be the same quality left-arm spinner, but he's a very, very useful cricketer. So I don't think we'll miss Akshar that much. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, you know, the usual suspects are all there. A couple might miss out. You know, selections, one of those things I've always maintained, that uh, you pay me whatever you want. I'll never want to be a selector or an umpire. Mm-hmm. You can never really get it completely right. Somebody or the other is going to be disappointed all the time. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, in a sense, Kohli is still there because... It's a very 50-50 situation with him mm-hmm. where he hasn't done well at all for the last three years. Right. And there's been a lot of cricket. It's not that he hasn't had the opportunity. True. And even though a lot of people may be baying for his blood, just the amount of work, the volume of work and achievement that he has for India and perhaps as the best cricket in the world, he has to be given this one more opportunity. That's the kind of people we are in India. We're very respectful towards those who achieved. And if he doesn't do well in the Asia Cup, which is a is a very... Uh, is a wonderful platform for him because quite a few of the teams are, if I may say so, not of the same caliber. Right. If he's not going to score now in T20s, then I think you know we're in trouble. No, that makes a lot of sense, as you say that. You know, this is the platform. Uh, we've seen so many teams do that. They go to smaller nations, <clears throat> get their best boys in, uh, get the form back, and uh, you know, I mean, and then then the rest is history. But you you mentioned about Jaspreet Bumrah will be missed. And the new lads who've come, probably not at the same level. Uh, Umran Malik is one of those boys who's been spoken a lot. We saw him, you know, hurl the ball at 150 plus regularly in the IPL. But where is the line in length? Uh, 
you 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 think that that's something that this little lad needs to learn before he breaks into the international circuit big time without question because speed will not scare the best players in the game it might scare uh, the lesser mortals of the game yeah. but you know most of the developed countries that play cricket uh, or even some of the other countries say pakistan is is developing as we are uh, you know, there are a lot of very fast bowlers so you can't scare them with speed you can only hurt them with movement not of course control so if you have both like dale stain for instance had or mick johnson one for a time then you're talking then yeah. you're talking movement at 145 150 that's very difficult to handle so yes he has a long uh, way to go in terms of the, the movement angle of it or the control but uh, there's a call to try and blood these really fast bowlers you've seen what's happened to umran the few times he's been given an opportunity he's gone for many runs and hasn't retained really the taken wickets so the danger there is he's still young Mm-hmm. and he might seriously start doubting his ability saying oh my god i've been given these opportunities people say hmm not good enough and maybe i'm not good enough so you don't want to hurt his psyche mm-hmm. or his confidence by blooding him before his time Makes so sense. i think one or two small exposures have been given to him because of his really fast pace but he has to go back to the drawing board learn a lot more i'm just talking about movement and control and then be brought back so there's no hurry if he was 29 we'd say well blood him now for heaven's sake he's only 22 or so so he's got time true uh, now another person who is scared or probably you know his his deficiency against uh, the fast bowlers has been exposed very evidently and that's shreyas ayer someone who came onto the circuit with a lot of promise now there is a visible problem that's uh, evident uh, what, what what do you see about him and his future there well he has to work out a bailout system i mean let's take another example and of course all these are friends and i mean no disrespect suresh raina for years and years people said can't handle the short ball he played for such distinction with such distinction for india for so many years right so it was just a question of trying to you know somehow overcome your problems but if because every you know you can't bowl especially in limited overs cricket you can't bowl the short ball all the time True. you got only two for the over yep. so you can score pretty heavily for the rest you can learn a system of of trying to avoid a problem with the short ball I don't think uh, Ayer is anywhere close to Suresh Raina's problem at this point of time. Mm-hmm. He's a fabulous young cricketer, great mind as well, wonderful shots, lot of confidence. So in T20s or even in one dayers, I'm sure he can still be of great use to India. It's just a question of uh, where can we find space for him because there's so many others, and that is the best news in India that the number of people who are ready to replace every single spot in the team, mm-hmm. at least five, four options, which is fantastic. Uh, unfortunately, not fantastic news for Ayer. because there's so many other takers for the position but he is a very very good cricketer i have a lot of time for him and high praise yes you 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 mention a, a, a slight problem it's up to him to work it out because he's also a very clever cricketer right no, i mean you know we we've seen these boys come up and you know perform and time and again i remember 2014 world cup the under 19 world cup he was playing in dubai and uh, i was calling the games from the dubai stadium i saw him there and uh, you know at, at that point in time i had uh, the uh, the the pleasure of sharing the microphone with harsha bogle and harsha uh, sir at that point in time said uh, pointed out two guys this he said kuldeep uh, yadav and shreyas ayer he said these are the two lads who will make it extremely big in the indian circuit and kuldeep will break in before uh, shreyas will and that's exactly what happened kuldeep broke in the indian side before uh, shreyas did and shreyas you know ha- has been amongst the best names that we have in the coming up circuit well there's a reason for that because how many left arm leggies do you know and how many batsmen do you know so uh, uh, ayer's battling against uh, a lot of opposition and mm-hmm. kuldeep yadav is in the class of one right now virtually mm-hmm. because of being a left arm leggy 
Now, both have sadly failed to be the biggest stars of the country. They've done well on occasion, mm-hmm. but haven't cemented their place. Kuldeep also went through a really rough patch. But I still, you mentioned two very important names because it's not just Ayer, but also Kuldeep, who is a very rare commodity. And I think India will continue to need him. They just need to make sure that he's well looked after because he will have a couple of bad matches. I mean, right-arm leggies, uh, you know, they find it tough enough to land it on the spot. Six right. balls out of six, they will give you a boundary ball. Left-arm leggies will give you just that much more opportunity. But because they are rare, most mm-hmm. batsmen will continue to find, uh, or let's put it differently, will take that extra quarter of a second to read what's happening because it's a mirror image thing. Right. Look yourself in the mirror and you say, oh, hang on, which hand is this? True. And therefore, left-arm leggies, if they land it correctly, and of course, you can turn it both ways, will always be a very precious commodity in cricket. They just need to be handled well because every once in a while, they'll go for many. And right. once in a while, they'll they'll get you a lot of wickets because in limited overs cricket particularly, mm-hmm. you have to score. Right. You can't see bowlers off. And if you try and score against a bowler whom you're not really reading, sooner or later, you're going to pop it up in the air. Makes sense. Now, this, this, this is a fantastic thought that you've made over here because, you know, uh, left arm leggies, def- I mean, leggy itself is a, uh, you know, a different skill set and, and a challenging skill set there. And left arm doing it, it's all the more difficult for a batter to read. Now, for the batters to read, there was one bowler who was extremely difficult, extremely challenging. And now he says, listen, I don't want a central contract. Trend bold. I mean, where is the world heading to? Is this all about, you know, mental well-being or are we looking at probably franchise cricket getting better off national cricket? Well, I mean, you know your sport well. What happens in the world's most popular game? You tell me, what's the answer there? What is, is it club over country or country over club? Club over country, big time. Big time. Thank you. So, you know, I mean, when you get more and more professional, when you realize, and what does the word professional even mean? It means that I'm earning my livelihood through sport or through whatever profession. And if people are earning their livelihood through these leagues, that's where they're going to gravitate. Mm. And obviously, countries are going to find it very difficult to give them those fat contracts because, you know, much as there's a fair amount of country cricket right now, which is unique to uh, cricket and and not so to football, uh, it will reduce with time as leagues get more and more stable because IPL is very stable, the BBL is stable, a couple of the leagues are not yet stable. But when there are five or six or seven choices in the world right. and you are a top right. cricketer, you apply your wares wherever they take you. It's like golfers, they'll go wherever the big tour is. Right. And uh, right. you know, you can't say that, what about the country? They'll say, yeah, well, if there's more money playing for the country, uh, I'll play for the country. But I'm a professional. How many people can play for countries uh, in cricket? 15, 18, 20, 22? True. Now, yeah, so there are so many more who can make their living in these leagues and they will when they get more and more stable attract more and more cricketers who have played a bit for the country. Mm -hmm. They're saying, okay, I've done that now. And now I need to have the freedom of choice to be able to play wherever I want. I don't want to be contracted and in in a certain sense leashed. I want to be able to free choice. And if I'm playing these leagues and you don't want me to play for the country, that's fine then. You know, so uh, I'm not saying that people should not uh, continue to hold a certain preeminence for playing for the country. But they also have to make a living. Makes and sense. we can't be myopic and we can't be, you know, critical of the fact that somebody's making a living. I mean, after all, if you're an engineer and you get a, a fine offer from some other country, you say, no, 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 I want to work for my country and for free. No, you take that job. I, I, I so, did that. So, yeah. <laughs> no, no, you, mean, you yourself, no. sorry, I, I don't mean to get personal, but I mean, what if you work for a small village radio station? You say, no, this is my village. I'll work here. No, you've moved, you know, for greener pastures. Allow that freedom to every trade. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I moved from Bombay to Dubai because 
of better opportunities and uh, better money tax. Well, there you go. <laughs> no, but then uh, see, the, Chris Lynn has been, you know, without the central contract of Australia for a very long time. I, I believe at least a couple of years, if not more, uh, has been plying his trade literally everywhere around the world. Uh, Tim David is a classic example. Didn't have a central contract with Singapore. Went on to create his name globally. He's literally living out of a suitcase. And now Australia is eyeing him for uh, a World Cup berth. Uh, this is probably the future that we are looking at. And, and considering the fact that IPL was in some way modeled on EPL, uh, uh, is this is this the direction that you know future players will go into? Like probably a 13, 14 year old boy who's playing cricket now may not probably have this thought that, oh, I, I want to represent India or any other country for that matter, but I want to play for the Mumbai Indians uh, or for that matter, you know, Kolkata Knight Riders. Well, it's going to take a bit of time, maybe a generation for cricketers, say another 10, 15 years, for them to not openly be mm-hmm. forced to talk about, I want to play for my country first. Okay. I think 15 years from now, they'll say, well, if I play for my country, fine. If I don't, fine. Right. It's like people saying, you know, 15 years from now, you'll find a lot of cricketers would have grown up now. New generation would come in and say, well, if I play test cricket, fine. If I don't, I'm fine with whiteboard cricket. Right, right now, people are still constrained to say because of the history and the heritage of the game right. and because they'll get pilloried by their peer group if they say, I don't care about test cricket. Mm-hmm. Now they have to say, no, 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 test cricket. Oh, number one. Oh, best test. Oh, test cricket. But, what, you know, it's like those old mad comics where you say what you say, but you think something else. Mm-hmm. So now the cricket is still forced to say test cricket is the ultimate proving ground and I want to play test cricket and test cricket. What they're really saying is, I don't really care. But I have to say this. I'd rather ply my wear than white ball cricket, make a name for myself, be available for countries around the world or leagues around the world or all these matches that happen. Uh, I might get more endorsements. I mean, who, with with huge respect, wants to be a Pujara today? I agree. Because, you know, he plays a few test matches. He's a fine, fine cricketer. And a couple of others who don't make it in white ball cricket. I mean, they're almost not entities. They walk into a market. People say, yeah, it's sort of familiar. I don't know who he is. True. So well, it's not about fame. It's about the fact that you are an international hero because white ball is where cricket is going, whether you like it or not. So 15 years from now, yes, I do feel that a lot of people, cricketers who are growing up, will not be forced to say that I only want to play test cricket, but I'm, I'm, I'm just sort of playing white cricket for fun, white ball cricket. They will say, I want to make a living in the game and I want to play white ball cricket. I want to be a white ball cricket hero. Right. And I want to play all these leagues around the world. India is the only country at this point of time, I think, that's hanging on to its cricketers and not letting them go anywhere. I wonder how long this will be able to last. Mm-hmm. And you might find a lot of Indian cricketers saying, well, if I don't have, uh, if I don't play in India for the Indian cricket board, I'm happy to be disenfranchised, disengaged. I'll go play around the world. If the world is happy to have me, of course, it's a brutal world out there because only the best, it's a very steep pyramid. Only the best make a big living and then it's a steep fall thereafter. No, you're, you're right. You know, considering the fact that India doesn't really play or other Indian players don't really get to play because of contractual uh, challenges. Uh, we've, we've seen players actually branch out and go out like on Mukchand. You know, he said, listen, thank you so much, BCCI. I'm going to US. I'll play for US. And and probably if he does well, which I think he should, he has the talent. Uh, you know, I mean, it will probably open up more doors and windows for him. Correct. So you mentioned one name because he had a very troubled uh, last few years in India. But others, uh, 10 years from now, may not want to go through all that trouble mm-hmm. and then get sort of leg glanced to use cricket language and might go straight to other countries and say, I want to, you know, try and play for you. And this dissemination of talent is not bad because it'll help other countries also rise when other talent comes in and starts adopting those countries. Maybe they'll go to Hong Kong or, I don't know, Nepal, anywhere else. You know, all the rest of the countries, the, the developed countries as well, the, the Western countries, 
A lot of Indians may wish to, at a younger age, go migrate there and start playing cricket and hope to make a living as white ball cricket grows in these other countries. The problem with cricket right now is, I mean, there are many problems with every sport, but one central problem with cricket is that it's not growing quickly enough. Mm. Only the bigger nations are growing. So the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer, even in cricket. And uh, that's a bit of a problem when you talk about a game that needs to get globalized where, you need, you know, I mean, Argentina should come up with a fabulous uh, cricket team, but it's, I don't know how long it's going to take because it's just not spreading enough because we're still hung up about red ball cricket and five-day cricket. Who has the time now to start picking up red ball cricket? I mean, if you go to, I don't know, whichever country, name a country, Nigeria, I don't know, Nigeria, or, you know, whichever, Russia. I mean, do you want to start five-day cricket there? People yeah. don't have five minutes. True. You, so, I mean, so let's just be practical. Mm. And, uh, and, and I've been deeply, I've dived deeply into cricket. And I'm saying that let's go after what is practical and what has evolved. I mean, we have to understand change. So if cricket has to grow, and it must grow, it can't remain a 6, 8, 10 nation game. I mean, where's the joy in that? True. And it has to propagate T20 cricket really hard amongst all the countries. And the ICC needs to take that lead. Right now, it's caught between trying to keep test cricket going trying to keep one-day cricket going, trying to sort of do some T20 tournaments, but frown upon it as well. So there's a lot of confusion. It's just, a, as they say, uh, when the teams are undergoing some change, you know, that's what's going on with the ICC as well. They have to understand the change, and hopefully they will support a lot of other nations with a little bit of T20 cricket, maybe a pitch here, a ground there, or something there, equipment, players. And once the you know game grows, then we're talking about a good Olympics or whatever. Right now, it's what? It's just, you know, 8-10 nations playing good cricket, and everybody else is like, you know, 40 classes below. You know, you, you mentioned about uh, ensuring and taking the game in the direction where it will grow. Uh, a lot of a lot of chatter has been happening about ODI cricket that, you know, that is the way the sheen is missing off, the the sheen is wearing off. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on ODI cricket or you think it's still the flag bearer? No, I think T20 has certainly surpassed it. Mm-hmm. But ODI cricket is still white ball cricket. Right. It's still one day cricket, especially if it's played in a day-night format. Mm-hmm. It's still very acceptable because people might get to the ground after work, might miss the first few, you know, overs or maybe the first innings. They're happy to participate in the fiesta that happens in the second innings. So I don't think one day cricket is going to get blown away. Mm-hmm. I just think over time, I mean, I'm no soothsayer, but I just think over time as test matches reduce right, and yeah. test matches are not a part of all the growing nations because they don't have the time or the way with all, then one day internationals will still retain a fairly eminent position. Mm-hmm. But with time, another 10, 15 years from now, I don't know whether there'll be sacrifice of the order of T20 cricket, but so will test cricket. Makes so sense. only what really works will work. I mean, as long as the cricket world can hang on to something that's not working or working in a very minimal sense. Mm-hmm. Imagine if football was played in only three countries and liked. True. That's what's happening to test cricket. You get Australia, England, India a bit. No, even in India, I mean, the test matches are not well attended. Uh. No association is happy to host a test match. It's a lost proposition. Mm-hmm. Even for the, the, the networks, the channels, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's, it's normally held during the day. I mean, day-night test matches are still very, very infrequent because of, you know, various conditions and the weather, amongst other things. So when you have five days of cricket on a, on a channel, which very few people are watching, it is a lost proposition because very few people, maybe those who are retired or I don't know who are home because of an injury or some such reason are watching test match cricket. Otherwise, where? How? True. I don't know about you. I mean, what do you do all day? Do you just sit down in, in front of a television or something and watch test yeah. match cricket? Probably not. Can't do that. Yeah. No, you're right. But it's a good thing to it's a good thing to talk about all the you know the people involved in the game in the game of cricket. Talk about the fact that oh, test match cricket. Yeah. 
but you know who really has the time they're all looking at each other saying hey are you watching what's the score oh okay okay bye you're absolutely right i mean there there have been you know we've been lucky enough to do you know a radio show that comes in smack in the center of the day uh, and you know we have televisions in the in the studios where we we, we have the luxury of uh, keeping the uh, you know test match on but you're right you know i mean it's just a glance check what's the score oh he's still batting oh okay fine who's bowling oh this lad you know just just like the snippets of it it's more like you know watching a highlights package technically well i i will repeat myself to say only this that if you want the game to grow right now t20 is the best option it might even get shorter in the future i don't know because if the icc in the cricketing world has to accept shorter formats but there's also some truth in protectionism where the top nations now because they're making what 80 90% of the revenue and that's where it's all happening i don't know how keen they are on the spread of the game because the more it spreads the more competition there is you know the the less their preeminence that point of time so you know i don't i'm not suggesting anything i'm just saying that somebody has to really be very aware and that should be the icc mm-hmm. that do they really want to be, look after a game that's played by eight nine nations at a high level and the rest are all incidental or do they really want the game to grow because that takes a lot of hard work a lot of sustained effort over decades so it's not easy not even for cricket because it requires so much in terms of infrastructure Mm-hmm. Um, you know we we talking about growth of cricket in, in in various countries uae has been one of those places where cricket has grown substantially you know i mean i've been here for the last 10 years 2011 onwards uh, 2015 we qualified for the world cup uh, here and now again the 2022 uh, t20 world cup uae has qualified uh, the the amount of influx that is there from the, you know from from pakistan from india the boys technically coming in it it, it is you know a side that has you know a, a combination of indian and pakistani boys it's not the uae uh, brood boys it is not the uae local boys at all in in such a in such a dynamic uh, diaspora over here in uae this is possible but in countries like say sweden or say uh, you know france for that matter it's a big country but you 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 have only a couple of desis who play cricket isn't that a bigger challenge what it is the uae is in a very unique position and you hit the nail on the head because it's a largely uh, you know what's the word here uh, visitor immigrant kind of game that also the yeah uh, expat game uh, also the uae is in a unique geographic situation where it's in between the west and the east right. and very often it turns out to be the default location for a lot of tournaments so also with pakistan you know being a bit of a problem right now even sri lanka right yeah the asia cup is in the uae because of its unique geographic position I mean the Asia Cup has not gone from Sri Lanka to you know some to to okay. Kazakhstan or wherever or some you know it's gone to the UAE because the facilities are there sure. but even in the UAE and again I I don't mean to be disrespectful to to any angle of the game I mean when you see games in the UAE you're talking about a smattering of you know 100 200 400 people watching where are the big crowds there's no crowd watching the game so the UAE is utilizing its position in terms of geography and the fact that there's a fair amount of um, uh, expat population playing to take the game forward because it also had some level of wealth to create these facilities true because of the immigrant population uh, and good for the UAE to be able to take the game forward at least in terms of a, a venue right and yeah. uh, some level of standard because of the expats mm-hmm. but it's a it's a it's a default situation it's not what as you mentioned might be available in france or sweden or 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 you know tajikistan or wherever else you know a lot of sports persons or serbia you know it's got such a fabulous level of sports persons but what kind of cricket is available in serbia none and if the big 
Serbians or I'm take, just taking a country and a name because they do so well in, in, in basketball and tennis and so many others. They start taking to cricket. The ICC focuses there and sends a few people and creates a few grounds. You never know. They might be the next world champions because such is the sporting talent and the DNA there. So we haven't really made an effort to go into the rest of the world. And cricket is still very far away from being a world game, which mm-hmm. is a shame. Now, if the big nations want to have it remain that way because it suits them, Obviously. then it's going to take even longer for it to become a world. Yeah, absolutely. My last question to you, Charu, sir. I mean, I, I would love to have this conversation the whole day. I, I love the sport. <laughs> and and this, is, this is for me, like, you know, a, a reunion of sorts after, you know, over a decade. Many years. 15 years, maybe. Yeah, 15 years, like, you know, getting to hear you, uh, it's, it's just amazing. Uh, you know, UAE, the, the ILT20 is coming up here in UAE. Uh, the South African T20 League is coming up. Uh, most of the investors, the franchise owners are, again, from India. Uh, does this indicate a dominance of Indian owners, Indian team owners, franchise owners in world cricket? Yet again, CPL has a couple of them. Uh, South Africa has all of them. You uh, you know, the ILT20 has a few. Uh, maybe if BBL opens up to the franchise concept, because right now it's not a money-making preposition for them, the way they are operating, that does again show dominance of Indian franchise owner across the globe and thus shifting it in the favor of, as we say, BCCI. <laughs> well, it's not an indication. It is already <laughs> done and dusted. Uh, the, you know, the, the, the Indian owners are everywhere. And to an extent, it's because of the love and passion for the game. To an extent, it's also about the fact that all the IPL owners now, the franchises, are very much in the black. They're, they're all very healthy in terms of their bottom line. And this is not their business number one. I mean, team ownership cannot be business number one because it's just something of joy and pleasure and, and, and happiness to own a team. But because of the skewed commercial situation in India where 95% of the money that goes to sport goes to cricket, and a very large percentage of that goes to the IPL. Uh, you know, they are in a unique position where they're actually making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So if I'm making a whole lot of steel and I own an IPL team and I'm now also making a lot of money through that team, I'm quite happy to put it in other leagues elsewhere where I may not make money. That's okay. Because mm-hmm. the objective of owning a team is never really to make money. People misunderstand that. And that's my PhD. But let's not go there because we'll be here for the next five days talking about it. I, I would but, love that you know, though, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not utilize my excess mm-hmm. of revenue over expenditure in the IPL by doing this for uh, other leagues in other countries? Because I'm extending my brand, as it were. That's and ultimately, those who understand, you know, brands and, and, and IPs and what have you, if you have a, a global brand, then my brand is so much more of value. And if I should ever let it go, then it's of, you know, the valuations will obviously, you know, improve a lot. But that's also notional because I have to let it go then to be able to encash it. But I think it serves my purpose better to actually have it rather than sell it. Because, I mean, I have all these teams and I'm not even, uh, there's no deficit Mm -hmm. because I'm making so much in the IPL. So it's a win-win-win for all the IPL team owners. And I don't know what that does to these, you know, I mean, I suppose it's a free world. If If you are Amazon and you want to be, you know, owning a few islands around the world, go ahead. I mean, what can I say? It's, it's, it's a free world. It's a capital, <laughs> in, a, in a capitalist society, these guys are, can, uh, they're free to uh, utilize the surplus to get hold of other teams. Uh, if the other leagues don't have any barriers mm-hmm. to ownership in terms of geography or nationality, then I suppose they'll be all happy to have uh, Indians coming in and owning teams because they also are, have experience uh, in, in running their teams. They already have a management team. It's just an extension. It's like 
you know, if you make steel and you you buy another plant in Russia or you buy another plant in, you know, whichever country. So it's just extending uh, your brand and not even really losing because you're making so much in the IPL. So what I, I, I'm a little confused about what that does to these leagues itself, because mm-hmm. if I were running a league in South Africa or the Caribbean and I get an owner from India, well, that's fine. Why yeah. must I have a local owner as long as I'm getting what I need? And my players are getting what they need. Yeah, that, that makes sense. But does it does that also entail that in the future, maybe uh, just like say hypothetically, Barcelona has a contract with their players and they play through the year with them, though it's still one club. Uh, Mumbai Indians, as a parent club, signs up with say Tim David and says, "Listen, you play for me in Mumbai Indians. You play for me in uh, MI Emirates and MI Cape Town. So technically, you signed up for me. I uh, signed up with me for you know five months of uh, cricket playing." Well, at this point of time, I think all the leagues are independent in the availability of players. So they're not saying that you can come with your players into my league. They're saying, no, here are my players in my league. Mm-hmm. You've got to choose from within them. Because after all, one of the biggest um, uh, uh, benefits of having these leagues in their own countries is to uh, encourage and inspire uh, players from their own country. So That's- I can't have a bunch of you know 12, 14 or 8 or 20 professionals roaming around the world with me. Because mm-hmm. the league that they're participating in surely would like to protect its own country by saying that if you're playing in the Caribbean, right. out of the 18 players, you must have 15 from the Caribbean or whatever the rules yeah. are. And that's what makes sense to me. So I think these long-term contracts are a distance away uh, in cricket at this point of time because you're playing different leagues. It's not like the EPL you mentioned earlier where I'm contracting a player for the whole year because I'm playing the whole year. Right. But I'm playing for three weeks in the Caribbean and you know three weeks in South Africa, three weeks somewhere else. I, I, I'm not at liberty to take the same player because that league will have its own set of players from whom I must choose. Makes sense. And in the future, what you're suggesting may happen to a very small number of players where uh, independent country leagues may well say that, okay, well, up to two or three players you can get from anywhere on your own as your own professionals. Right. But the rest you must choose from what you have. That right. makes sense. That does. But thank you so much, Charu, sir, for uh, spending time with us and having this fantastic conversation. As I said, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't mind... You know, having this conversation for five days, maybe more. But uh, thank you so much for uh, you know spending this time with us. You're most welcome. And I look forward to chatting about other sports as well with you whenever you have the time, you know, sometime in the future. Thanks so much for connecting again after all these years. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, thanks for listening to another TSB TalkSport Business Podcast. And don't forget, if you want to hear the full show, we're live every weekday from 3 to 7 p.m. across the UAE on Talk 100.3. Or you can listen to us via the Big Fan TV app.